1: The 4th of July might be the busiest day of the summer by the old barbecue grill, unless you prefer that someone else do the grilling. Our friends from Sauce Magazine took that notion to heart and went looking for the best barbecue joints around and brought two owner-operators of two legendary establishments to our studios. David Sandusky runs BeastCraft Barbecue Company in Belleville. Otis Walker is co-owner of Smoky O's in North St. Louis. Sauce writer Matt Sorrell did the legwork on this story. He admitted it was a tough assignment, but somebody had to do it. Well,
0: I learned a lot because I tell you the truth, um, I've been around barbecue obviously my whole life, but it was the back backyard, uh, you know, dad out there grilling on a Sunday, you know, his Bermuda shorts. Uh, so it's a little different world than I was used to. Uh, and I, I was really impressed one off, one thing, be, because I. There's such a diversity of barbecue, and there's so many different styles, and there's so many different um, people have different specialties, and there's so many different cuts. And you know, when I grew up, it was hot dogs and hamburgers on you know on the grill outside, and that's actually not barbecue (laughs) in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. So it was there's a lot to learn. It was really fascinating.
1: Otis, what is the difference between the backyard barbecue person and what you do?
2: Well, I think there's there's not a lot of difference there. You know, uh, one one thing is cost. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, what we do in the backyard, oftentimes we can't do traditionally in a business. You know, like beer, beer barbecue, and putting beer in the barbecue sauce. There, there's a lot of different things that you may do in the backyard that just won't work in a commercial business. But uh, in St. Louis, uh, what I find too is is the uh, the different sauces uh, and and also the uh, the different meats, as, as Matt was saying, that that you may prepare. You know. Uh, most of the barbecue today, uh, a lot of it comes in frozen, so it had to be thawed down and what have you, know. And so there's that, that was, that was quite a bit of work to it.
1: And David, how about you? I mean, how do you see it as being different from, not only from the backyard barbecuer, but from uh, what Otis is doing?
3: Uh, well, uh, as as Matt said, I think there's, uh, you know, a thousand different ways to, to barbecue, but it's not just nationwide. We find a lot of diversity here. In St. Louis, um, which is great for the city, I think that uh, there's, like he said, there everybody's a, a specialist in something, and there's uh, there's a niche for everybody. There's room for everybody. Um, it's uh, honestly, it's a it's a big, beautiful family. We're all friends. We're all family, and uh, all want each other to um, to do really well. And and so there's a lot of community uh, involvement and support within that network um, with us. It, at Beast, um, we really try to bring the backyard to the table as much as we can. In those ways, uh, we may be very similar to what uh, Otis represents with Smokey O's. Um, we do a lot of grilling and basting and things of that nature. That, to me, speaks to my soul better than uh, the competition style might, for instance. But uh, uh, like I said, there's room for all of us. Are are you guys rivals? Do you consider yourself rivals? I don't. I don't, I don't consider no, us rivals, uh, no.
2: I, we usually compete against ourselves. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's, it's all about uh, the perfection that, that you want in your product or the presentation that you want in your product. Uh, trying to compete against somebody, what somebody else is doing, that, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. You know, uh, the goal is to, is to be successful at what you're doing and for your business to move along.
3: I agree with that, and mm-hmm. I don't think that uh, there's any time really to worry about what the other guys are doing. You just always trying to do you better. Yeah. This,
0: I've also just in, in the little bit of time I was able to kind of you know do my little bit of barbecue research for this. The barbecue scene here in this area is a lot like just like the larger culinary scene when chefs helping chefs. We have a really great culinary community in the St. Louis area where you know even though people might be technically rivals or technically competitors, you know, they'll step in and help each other. They'll, you know, always lend a helping hand. And I think that's in the barbecue scene as, as, as well. It's like you know, everybody's just kind of there to support each other and, and bolster
1: what they do. The Otis, uh, I've been hearing that there's been, been a, a surge in interest and appreciation for barbecue recently. And yet, in my own mind, from what I've observed, it seems like it's, it's always, been, always been there and always yeah. pretty consistent.
2: Yeah. There has been, uh, I think, barbecue in the last 20 years has been one of the uh fastest growing cuisines in America. Uh I've seen uh barbecue grow from just corners to to massive houses now. That that do quite a, a great job, you know. I I've seen a lot of growth in the barbecue industry, a lot of different lot of different looks that that you might say you know where where guys are you see more smokers now than traditional uh charcoal and and wood kind of cooking, you know. Which I think is great, you know, because like I say, uh, I I really enjoy what I'm looking at and seeing. I, I see a lot of young young guys like Dave, that uh, David, that's doing a re- really good job. And of course, uh, you, you got the other guys, Sugar Fire Pappies, and and we all try to help one another. In fact, uh, if if people come to my restaurant and I don't have what they're looking for, of course I send them to one one of my. I don't call them competitors, but one of the other houses, you know. And same there, you know, if, if someone goes to their place, they'll come and say, well, so and so send me over here. And, and that's kind of what we tr- traditionally do.
1: D- David, he r- raised an issue that I think a lot of people wonder about, and that is using charcoal, using wood, mm-hmm. and, and using gas. Uh, does it really make any difference?
3: Um, it can. Uh, I, I'll tell you that uh, putting out a, uh, an outstanding brisket is very, very difficult in a rotisserie Mm -hmm. Um, you really need to uh, it it really depends on the cut and what you're trying to do with it Um, there's there's some things that are are great with gas there's some things that really you should only do on on a stick burner or charcoal Uh, but trying to do them all on you know one one type of way is uh, is is probably it would work against you I would think Um, so I mean there's right there's good and bad right and, and and also it's, it's
2: it it kinda of gets down to who's driving. You know, I mean you, you you can have a guy driving a Corvette, another guy off here driving a Mustang, but but if you can't you can't drive, it doesn't make no difference. You know, you have <laughs> no drive. So it if you do have a guy that's using gas and he's proficient at it, then there's that, that a big difference there. You know, and and just like David said, uh uh there's there a gentleman by the name of Paul Kirk, uh he doesn't use rotisserie to cook brisket. He cooks it just straight off off a grill and does a fantastic job. In fact, he's called a barbecue baron of Kansas City. Paul is a, is a great brisket man, you know. But like I say, it all, it all depends on what you know and, and how you know what you do.
1: David, what is authentic barbecue? Does it have to be pork or does it have to be beef or does it make any difference?
3: Uh, if you're looking for uh, a way to define it in those terms, I don't, <laughs> don't think it makes any difference. Um, there, do, there are some people though who think w- one excludes the other. Yeah, it's that's just about their um, their subculture in their area of the country where you know s- such things are a little bit bigger in those places. Texas, for instance, yeah. um, you know they there's there's a lot more ranches for cattle than there is you know pig farms. Mm-hmm. In the Midwest, you're going to find more pig farms. Mm-hmm. So there's you know it, a, a lot of barbecue is very localized in that sense. You'll find a lot more uh, vinegars used on the East coast and mustards. Well, they, I mean, mustard grows out there, um, things like that. So it's, um, it's all, it's all very subcultural. And that's really one of the things that drew me to barbecue, uh, was just this, um, this desire to, uh, be in touch with the land and with the, the immediate surroundings. What is the difference between
1: um, barbecue in Kansas City and Memphis and St. Louis? We keep hearing that uh, one is better than the other for whatever reason. (laughs) Well,
3: you know, (laughs) I I think they're all pretentious for their own reasons. But um, I would, first of all, dare to say that those of us in St. Louis right now as a group are probably putting out better barbecue than Kansas City or Memphis has done in 20 years. But it's hard to be objective about that. We're sitting here in <laughs> right, St. Right. Louis, so yeah. you know. Um, but it, but we're, we're we're kind of putting some places like that on notice. Nashville's doing the same thing. Uh, a big barbecue boom there, and they're being very creative and doing some cool new things and challenging the status quo. Um, Kansas City tends to be; uh, they, they tend to rely on sauces quite a bit, right? They mm, uh, right. they they do tomato-based, uh tomato-based, typically very sweet pretty thick, stuff like that. And people start to define the barbecue by the sauce in, in, in right. that area, uh, at least in, in my opinion and from, from what I've seen.
1: Otis, if I were to pick up a piece of meat that mm-hmm. had been barbecued in St. Louis, how would it be different from uh, some of those other places that are renowned for barbecue?
2: Well, I think uh, the smaller places, uh, what we like to do in the smaller places is actually take the membrane off that rib. And that way, you get a better flavor, mm-hmm. and 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 then when you when you're cooking over coals, high five it, to that. It, <laughs> it tends to uh, uh, as as your seasonings cook and, you, and your meat, and then, then it penetrates back up to it comes back into your meat. So it's, it's a very different flavor, it's a very different flavor. Uh, it it really comes down to what you kind of like, and and just as Dave was saying, uh, uh, in Carolina, there, there's a very Large vinegar base of a barbecue sauce. People love that. I I don't particularly care for it. Uh, I'm I'm more of a, a tomato and tangy kind of sauce. You get a little bit of both, sweet and sour, more or less, you know. But that and and then also now don't don't get me wrong about the vinegar, because the vinegar is is also one of the, the oldest bases that you're going to find to actually base your meat with. It tenderizes, it? tenderizes, it? And, and, and it makes it a lot mm-hmm. more di- digestible, you know, over a period of time.
1: David, I thought that Otis was going to say the thing that differentiates uh, St. Louis from the other places is that we, we do pork steaks. Nobody else does. <laughs> well, yeah, so there's a few well, cuts, and yeah, uh, St. Louis yeah. is known for. That is true.
3: Uh, pork steaks being one of them, or a blade steak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snoot is another one. Right. That you will have a hard time finding anywhere else in the country, and it's mm-hmm. worth it's worth finding too. And by yeah. the way, Otis does it better than anyone.
1: It's true. Yeah, that's pointed out in Matt's story, by the way. And I, I tell South you what, America. the snoots over
0: there—I mean, just great texture, great consistency. Sometimes I've had a few at other places um, that are real rubbery, you know, hard and chewy,
1: and that's not the case. There's an ethnic thing to it too, isn't there, Otis? It, I is, mean, it is. I, um, African Americans are noted for their barbecue. Is it is it different? Are they different in the way they look at it? Well, I, I really believe. Well, now,
2: I, this is what I'm going to say, and this was what I went through. Uh-huh. I, I tried to cook my ribs, in in the smoker, and actually my customers didn't care for them too much. <laughs> you know, they they didn't like it because you know it's it's a different flavor. Uh, so I, I had to really go back to the grill. And and as you say, uh we we do pork steaks there. Uh and also we do the snoo. Now uh this might go back to slavery days, you know, when the slaves really did most of the barbecuing. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's just transiting down, you know. Uh so it's it's something that we've learned and, and learned how to make money with it, uh, for economical values and stuff, you know. But uh it it's been out there a long time. In fact, uh we had a bar. We had two restaurants in our family. Uh, one, we had the first one in 1935 uh, downtown, uh, when my mother's uncle, got World War One. He came to St. Louis from Mississippi, and he opened a barbecue place. And and uh, and uh, what he did after he opened it, he sent for his two sisters, and one was my grandmother and my mom. So I've been around barbecue a long time, and uh, so. I've really seen one way to do it, and i 've seen other ways to do it, but it it kind of depends on the taste and also the quality
1: of your food yeah. how do you How do you see that David? Do you see a a difference uh, between a white man's barbecue and a black man's barbecue uh
3: you know i've been told that uh white folks tend to underseason, <laughs> other than that <laughs> uh not really. It's it's all pretty good. It's, we all, we yeah, it's, it's all you know, we're all trying yeah. to achieve the same mm-hmm. thing. There's different flavor profiles that you know we all try to um, try to achieve, and um, you know, I don't I don't think that there's. Uh, Enough, enough difference to uh, to give any credence to it, right? Absolutely. What do you think? You're well, the, I, you're I, the researcher.
0: I, I, well, mm. I mean, in the little bit of research that I've done, I mean, there's there are barbecue traditions all over the yeah. place. Korea has a, a huge barbecue tradition. I mean, many right. Asian countries have, and they goes go back, you know, thousands of years. So yeah, it's it's and they all split off and they modify and and mutate and do their own thing. So I, you know, I I think it's hard to like really, you know, say you know that it, it to split it down along like ethnic lines. I think, you know, there's good
1: and bad. Let me come back to you, David, because our time is winding down. What advice do you have for the backyard barbecuer? You're a professional. What mistakes do they make? What uh, What should they be thinking about when they're pl- we're planning a,
3: a barbecue meal? Uh, keep it simple. I think it's A, number one. Uh, I think there's a lot of dads at home that uh, want to overcomplicate things, and they'll mix a bunch of things together, or they'll— you know, do a bunch of unnecessary work. For me, grill on your Weber, baste with a little bit of sauce. If you want to thin it out with some beer. Drink a little too. You know, all the power to you, and uh, and have a good time with it. If if you're not having fun while you're cooking, it's just right. not going to taste good. What That's what could true. be making it too complicated? You say don't make it too complicated. What could complicate it? Uh, overcomplicating seasonings or or sauces or um, doing a bunch of uh, gimmicky things that, you know, you may have read somewhere that are supposed to improve what you're doing or using some, you know, expensive apparatus for, you know, it, it really, it, most of that stuff is just just comes out in a wash. It's, if, you, if you just buy really, really quality meat, all right, and do really, really simple things to it mm-hmm. and have a good time, it's going to come out great. Otis, what's your advice?
2: Well, uh, what, what, what I see mostly when backyard barbecues do, they tend to use this. I actually call it mapal. napalm. Napalm. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, this lighter fluid. Yeah. You know. So, oh, yeah, so yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. they do is they, they load, the, load it up with this lighter fluid. You know. Nice stuff got to burn. So it has to burn off. You know. And some people let it burn. Some don't. Mm-hmm. And and some people disguise it with onions and different things they put in there. You know. But it 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 doesn't do the barbecue any justice, as far as the flavor. If you don't get rid of it,
3: yeah.
2: mm-hmm. uh, we use chimneys at our place, you know, because we we try to get our re- our recipe is what we're concerned about and how to f- how the food tastes. So, uh, it, it some add something that's like gasoline <laughs> to a fire, you know, that just yeah. doesn't make sense to me.
1: You can smell it from a block away. Right, exactly. Yeah.
2: See, and my mom, we, we used to uh, teepee the coal, the old hardwood coal. What's that mean? Well. Uh, like in in the old days, you didn't have brick hats. You had a lot of uh, what they called hardwood coal, mm-hmm. and so what we would do would have to put a piece of newspaper up under there, and then teepee it like you know. Oh, I see. Make the, the shape. Make a yeah. shape like a teepee, mm-hmm. and then then we light light the paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you have to fan like hell, <laughs> trying to get the damn thing. I'm sorry, <laughs> the thing to burn. You know what I mean? For the for the coals to catch, and which was very very tiresome. Is hot out there. It's even worse. It's very boring for a young man, <laughs> so I was so glad to see the uh the chimneys come about and i I think the chimney is probably the best thing the barbecue, outdoor barbecue guy could have had in the backyard you know after they learn to use it I don't know but because sometimes uh we we tend to stick to old things that mom and dad did, you know and uh
1: it Work for them, why not work for you? Exactly, right?
2: Right. exactly.
1: We have, to, we have to wind this down, but of course, you can't uh, live by meat alone at the barbecue. You got to have, have sides to uh, eat with it.
3: Of course. I'll ask
1: each of you what uh, is your recommended? What's the best thing to have with a nice piece of meat or chicken or fish?
3: <laughs> well, uh, you know, if we're Beast would tell you that it's Brussels sprouts with pork belly. Mm. they're pretty good. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's our top selling site in the restaurant, but. Uh, if for Personally, I like really traditional things. I like a great potato salad, you know, a good bean. Call it a day. Mm-hmm. I don't need more than that. A little slaw? Maybe. <laughs> if it's done
1: right. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Otis?
2: Well, we're uh, traditionally, all our sides are vegetarian. Because we, we have people come in, they just want the sides. They don't want any meat. So we have to, we have to make sure we don't have any meat on uh, we let me
1: ha- let me have that again, your customers come in they they're vegetarians, yes, sir wow, yes, sir, oh yes, sir yeah, well go go ahead, I'm sorry but oh, but like i
2: said they 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 might not want me, but like I say, our sides are veg- a vegetarian sides don't have any meat in them, mm-hmm. so what now we we traditionally Saint a little barbecue back in the day which really uh potato salad uh uh-huh. now we use we, we use my mom's recipe. But my wife took a, a lot of things out there to to uh, stop food il- f- foodborne illness and stuff like that, like the uh, the egg and egg like that, you know, which can go bad. Either some onions if they stay too long, they can go bad. So what she did, she changed the the, the recipe of it, but she maintained the flavor. And also, this, like David was saying, the baked beans is one of our top sellers. Also, now the slaw that we have, uh, we don't usually make the slaw but we buy it. Uh, But I couldn't really find anybody to make a good slaw, so we had to buy that.
3: Mm -hmm. Is there really anything better than a great pit bean right off the grill, right off the the smoker or something like that? that. That's
0: that's my favorite
3: side probably.
1: I like to grill corn on the cob too. That's that's not bad. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. Final thought from you, Matt, as we uh, wrap this up. Well, just like I always say, I mean, there are so many great
0: places out in St. Louis you need to go explore. Um, there are some, you know, obviously a lot of great barbecue places that get a lot of, uh, a lot of press, and rightly so. Uh, they're really great, but there's a lot of other smaller places, and they're all over the city. And uh, just explore and see what's, you know, see what's out there. And, uh, you know, just don't, don't take our word for it. Go out there and, and uh, find out for yourself.
1: And, Otis, we've got a couple of months for it.
2: You're year-round at your place? We're, we're year-round. We, we cook all year
3: long,
1: all year long. Same for you, David?
3: Oh, yeah, every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, every day. Well, it sounds delicious. My stomach is, <laughs> is growling <laughs> just sitting here talking to you. Thank you so much for being with us, and uh, keep up the good work. Keep feeding us. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks to Matt Sorrell of Sauce Magazine, Otis Walker of Smokey O's Barbecue, and David Sandusky of Beastcraft Barbecue Company. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs are available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash air. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.